Hello everybody, welcome to the 42nd episode of the Chicken Chess Club podcast. The show where we talk about fashion, fide, life. My name is Jan Gustafsson and I'm delighted to be joined by chess grandmaster Peter Hein Nielsen. Peter, how are you today? Uh, generally very good. My my mother is, is feeling much better, but I'm still here in Denmark now joined by my family. But uh, things are sort of um, improving a lot. So today we, we held like a small birthday party for my five-year-old kid. Well, his birthday was like two months ago, but we hold a, a Danish birthday like this. So basically, I'm in great mood and uh, we are heading back to Lithuania soon. But uh, basically, very positive news on the on the private front. So so all good. Thanks. Beautiful. Um, there's uh, there's no golfing and thinking about chess openings for Magnus. You, you have to like live up to a certain standard. Yeah, no, no. Actually, I just tried to keep it positive for once. But uh, I was golfing a lot at the start of the week. But uh, I golfed too much. Uh, it was wet. I got a cold. Uh, all these kind of things. So basically, I've been ill. But um, so that meant I couldn't prepare at my usual uh, speed. But uh, well, some I did. Uh, but yeah, so uh, that part was not so great. But uh, I mean, well, golf, I mean, as I said, I can make anything into a golf holiday. So even even uh, private visits like this. So, but uh, certainly, yeah. Sounds good overall. In Paris, we have our French chess scene correspondent, uh, a man who's very tired today. He's been registering all day <laughs> and <coughs> still managed to join us. Monsieur Fresinet, how are you today? Hi. I think you forgot to mention you are a great host, but you forgot to mention it could be the last episode of the. It probably is the last. Episode. I think I think we should we should keep on mentioning it uh, every time, and at some point uh, it will be true. But I thought that this trick would work, like a, a rock band announcing their retirement tour, and then going on another tour a year later. But somehow we we haven't tricked anybody with it. <laughs> yeah. We might quit any moment. It's not a joke. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so life life is good. I have been recording uh, videos. Of course, I was updating you on the wrong uh, topic. So in French, some yeah about about Magnus matches. Actually, in a, in a way, we used to do it at my place, but in a better way because I'm the only one to speak and I don't get cut by Peter. So that's nice in a way. And uh, so basically, you are ripping up our old videos and selling them in French on your own. No. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, no. No. So you're I'm doing, doing what I'm doing with the Marshall. Yeah, you just sell the history of these matches for the next twenty years. <laughs> yeah. Every language. Yeah. yeah, I'm showing the games, and I I don't think wow. we did it for Chennai actually. Ah, you you are not uh, there actually. So I did for Chennai. Okay. This this one it's okay. Yeah. Yeah, this one is okay, yeah? Okay. <laughs> but um uh, yeah, no, it's different content because I'm 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 on my own. So yeah. Worse well, yeah, exactly. It's uh, less content. But <laughs> it's better content. Okay. Uh but anyways, yeah, I can't wait. Uh, so like no. uh, so yeah, you will you will brush up your French. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Pas de problème. You will get a free copy um of that. And uh you see, yeah, Roi de huit. <laughs> Roi de huit, yes. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, so yeah, uh, this week I will be commenting on on this Purchase League in French as well. So um, yeah, I will know everything about the games because you keep on complaining that I'm not 
uh, updating my knowledge to the to about the chess world every week. No, we keep complaining. You're not preparing for the podcast, and then randomly bringing up random positions on move uh, 62 in some random game. Very different complaints. We know you're a <laughs> diligent follower of the chess games when you're paid to you. commentate them. <laughs> even when I'm not paid to commentate them, I'm, I'm, I'm checking them, and sometimes live even. And sometimes I'm watching you with, with Peter. Wow. We're Leco. I mean, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. No one watches Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> 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 no, I, I meant uh, Nielsen. Peter I don't think me oh, and Jan often. has done commentaries together, but I also have a confession. I actually ah. listened for several hours to, to Jan commenting on uh, recently. So it's... Uh, was good? Yeah, I was enjoying it, I have to admit. It was when I was... So how is life, Jan? Yeah, we should now Sorry. talk... How is your life, indeed? Yeah, we should ask, You'll, because then you, you will complain that we no, but you, ask. Jan actually looks fresh and in great shape, so what's the story? I'm fresh and in great shape. Um, yeah, in Hamburg for a couple of days, going to the beautiful city of Düsseldorf on whatever day I'm going, Wednesday, I guess, to, uh, to work for your dear friend Anish in the WR Masters. Um, other than that, not much happened. It's, it's all been a blur. The Champions Chess Tour is over. I'm here doing random things, trying to look fresh, but don't have much to tell. I don't have any, any hobbies. Like <clears throat> I go to the gym. That's my golfing, but it doesn't take six hours a day. So it doesn't, it doesn't feel, <clears throat> feel that much time. What do you do then? I just, it's a fair question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I work uh, very hard. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah, that was that. <laughs> See you guys next week. So what's the big... Actually, I, I, I think you got the point. I, I didn't know, and I didn't even notice in the, in the great paper we, we got from our producer. <laughs> uh, this do, the, we'll talk about it later. Yeah, I didn't know that Gay was playing next week. Uh, is uh, Nepo. Or is, is this... It's a German tournament? <laughs> yes, it's in Düsseldorf, <laughs> as he just mentioned. Yeah, so it's a new tournament. Yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah. I I'm sure Peter can fill us in later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure I could. All the details. Yeah. Yes, Nepomnishi, Giri, So, Levon, and a bunch bunch of kids up to Sakharov. No, no, it's, it's classic. <laughs> they are playing it with the exact classic. same time control as they do in the World Championship match to prepare Nepomnishi. You're really not wow. following much, no? No, but it, it's been announced very, very recently, no? Yeah, maybe half a year yeah, ago. Yeah, like a year ago, maybe half a year. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, For no, no Ali Reza, no Maxime, no Magnus, why would you have heard? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> we'll get to Ali Reza, no worries. But yeah, I'll be going there. But let's start with what happened in the fantastic chess world last week. Magnus Carlsen won the Champions Chess Tour, the first division. It was this new double elimination format, which we've spent hours in the past trying to figure out. It's not that hard, really. I now figured you lose two matches, you're out. You don't lose two matches, you're not out. <laughs> Magnus didn't lose a single match. And it felt, I think he mentioned that, it, it, it felt a bit anticlimactic somehow. Like he beat uh, Sarana, he beat Arigaisi. Then he won against Nakamura twice, and the tournament was over. Like for him, it wasn't wasn't that much action, was it? No, 
I mean, well, it's like you beat Nakamura in the semifinal, and then two days later you beat Nakamura in the final, right? It, uh, that feels a bit awkward in a way, but uh, it was also interesting. I thought, uh, I mean, I don't know if we're going to jump straight to the highlight of the tournament, uh, sort of uh, bidding for the Armageddon game, or we're also talking about some, some chess things. Yeah, that was, that was just brilliant. Yeah, that probably was the highlight in the semifinal match, if we can call it get or the, the winner's final, the players were tied 2-2 after four exciting games. And they have this new format for the Armageddon, where white gets 15 minutes and black can bid how much time he would like to play black. Black has draw odds, so black with a draw wins the match. And Nakamura bid 8 minutes 59 seconds. Magnus Carlsen bid 8 minutes 58 seconds to get the black pieces. That was... <laughs> And guess what? Was guess nice. what was the result? I mean, after such uh, bid, you know, uh, t- t- transactions. I mean, how can you how can you even play the game? I mean, you should just resign. Actually, well, you got into quite some trouble actually. <laughs> yeah, no, of course, yeah. but I mean, it's so brilliant to to make it once again less. It basically gives the understanding that they both, you know, seem to know that the exact cutoff is just below nine minutes, but it, it can't be. I mean, it must be. I mean, it's nine minutes, and and uh, actually, the boss thing it's nine minutes, but uh, Naka Naka thought he was being clever by uh, making eight fifty nine, and Magnus understood all of that and was bidding eight fifty eight. Had Naka been bidding eight fifty nine in previous games, or did Magnus just read his mind? No, no, he didn't bid. No, yeah, he, he was just reading his mind now. Okay, no, no. He did a different bid. Yeah. <laughs> that is, no, I mean... It looks like that number might drop a bit in the future, no? When we were debating it on air, we also thought nine minutes is probably the cutoff. And then, yeah, it wasn't... It was still brilliant, but the numbers themselves or the proximity weren't that surprising. But later in the tournament, we saw Nakamura go with, I don't know, 8.20 or even 8.05. Against Wesley So, I think it was 8.05 was 8.20. Seems like players really value... The black pieces. I mean, back in the days, yeah. sort of, they were debating 6-5 or 5-4. And there it was a bit unclear. So, it, I mean, uh, so basically, I mean, let's say 5-4. It's better to have for black to have 15 minutes versus 8 than to have 5 minutes versus 4. It's simply this ex- extra time ma- matters a lot. But it's different. Because back in the day, it was mainly over the board where you also yeah. have to press mm-hmm. the clock. Mm-hmm. And then with 4 minutes, you're in a much bigger risk yeah, yeah. of getting flagged in the end. while. Having eight minutes online, I mean, all these guys are good at bullet. They can make uh, hundreds of pre-moves. Like, so yeah. I think it's so. Different. Basically, you're saying that this is still kind of rapid. So this extra uh, theoretical half point matters much more than in uh, in World Cup uh, Armageddon games. Because you don't yeah. lose on time. You don't First lose of all, time, you so. have more time. Yeah. And secondly, you you just don't lose on time mm-hmm. so easily as over the board. I think. So. Yeah, if you have thirty seconds in over the board game, you're you're, you're good. Mm-hmm. While online. I mean, look at this guy. <laughs> and this guy, Ping- Penguin uh, Andrew Tang. I mean, he can play uh, five games. But you're basically saying you think they might even some point start betting less than uh, bidding less than seven and a half minutes. So basically, going for half the time. I don't know where the cutoff will be, and pr- usually with these things, it takes so long until we have a half decent sample size and results. So I don't know. I would guess less than less than eight is gonna be tough. But so far, the results have been in Black's favor. Therefore, who knows where it's going to go. Mm. But it's sort of sort of a fun thing to think about. And because yeah. it's also, of course, opponent and sort of maybe match-specific. Like, okay, if you don't have any yeah. ideas with White or you get blocked in, in the Berlin or whatever they've been playing, 
then you're a little more tempted with black if you're not under pressure there. Well, if you're suffering with black, mm-hmm. it could be different. So I think it's uh, it's different in every situation. But it's a fun little wrinkle, and this 858 bit was, of course, epic. Yeah, yeah no, that was just so funny. But, uh, well, the, the first division started with Magnus beating Sarana. He did, well, that would actually be covered in the last podcast, right? So the mm-hmm. the quarterfinals yeah. was Magnus beat Erigaisi, and uh, Nakamura beat So in Armageddon, if I remember correctly, right? Yeah. Magnus' win was rather comfortable against Erigaisi, or am I getting it wrong? We probably also covered that last week, but really? uh, I don't recall. I don't recall him being in, in big danger. Uh, I'm not sure, actually. No, maybe we were at the start. Yeah, overall, yeah. his win felt comfortable mm-hmm. throughout the event. Like this semifinal against Nakamura was probably the closest spot where he had two good positions in the first two games, couldn't win yeah. any of those. And I don't know, maybe, do you think this legend, which is not a legend because he shows it every game, but Nakamura, at some point, he seemed to be able to just survive any position. Like, uh, do you think he's in people's heads? Like, it doesn't matter if you have a good position, plus one is nothing. It's still chess. What's going on there? Ah, this was very impressive by Nakamura. I thought that uh, he was generally getting completely outplayed, or, well, considerably outplayed in the first two games, but he still managed to hang in there. That's, uh, that is very impressive. I think he's just very good at it. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, he's, he's very, very impressive in that phase. I mean, uh, yeah, no, he's just amazingly... Uh, resourceful and asking one more question all the time. Uh, I mean, it's just a skill. He had, he had, he had this for, for a very long time. And I mean, in blitz, you have to be good at, uh, I mean, you always get bad positions. So good blitz players are good at uh, escaping simply. No, no, of course he's amazing. It. I would just think if you're, uh, if you have a minus one or minus minus two position against Magnus Carlsen in a rapid game, you're normally toast. No, and somehow even, even there he often manages mm. to. To come back, yeah. so it's uh, no, but also, it is impressive. I mean, he obviously has the belief that he has a chance, right? Others would be, be depressed in this situation, but he he's not. Yeah, exactly. And I thought that um, well, momentum was not good for Magnus going into uh, Armageddon in, in that sense, right? The first two games he was outplaying him. Then I forgot maybe not much happened in the next two games, right? And uh, maybe Nakamura basically forced uh, uh, a draw in a, in a better position, but it was hanging on on, on one specific tactic, maybe. Uh, but um, and but uh, yeah, that that line wasn't in my martial class. No, 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 no. no <laughs> same. Yeah, so it's unserious. He doesn't re- see such causes, or maybe remember them. But uh, yeah, well, what do you want to say? But uh, well, then the Armageddon game game happened, and uh, and Magnus managed after all, right? But uh, well, to say that he was just cruising there is is a bit much. I thought that he was much better chess wise in the first two games, but then didn't manage, and that will be a very typical way for Nakamura to win, right? That he's well, you can't be the strongest chess player against Magnus. That's too difficult. But somehow, if you survive, then uh, Nakamura before has tipped it in his favor. But at least Magnus managed to stop that. Yeah, it's all part of the game. And to come back to Nakamura's resilience, he also mentioned that I think that the, he feels the biggest change in his game is. That he just keeps playing and doesn't give up in bad positions. But yeah, it's still it's still impressive how consistently he manages but, but also, to get away with. I mean, Nakamura seems basically like Germany in football, right? I mean, uh, they're just so confident that he will win the penalty kicks, right? I mean, he just, uh, also with Wesley So, he went straight for Armageddon and won. And with Magnus also, he just thought, okay, let me get to Armageddon. He must be extremely confident that... Uh, 
Armageddon just favors him equity-wise, right? I don't understand the analogy because for penalties you have to make it past the qualifying stage, no? So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, well, I mean, it's well, uh, a fair point, yeah. Not, uh, theoretically not, but uh, yeah, I, I get... I mean, uh, well, back when I was a kid, Germany was known for winning. I understand that uh, this has massively changed. Uh, sorry for bringing it up, Jan. My, apolo- okay. my apologies. Okay. You should apologize to me. I mean, we lost penalties. Oh, you lost penalties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, this was actually a, was <laughs> like a good... We, we always lost penalties. It's a brilliant double attack had it only been intentional. But uh, no, yeah. well, back to the chess point. Nakamura just, I mean, seems to go straight for Armageddon, right? Like, uh, is he really that big of... His confidence is... Yeah. He just thinks it's the right strategy. That's it. I mean, it usually works, no? Like against Wesley, okay, he was under some pressure. In, I think, the first black game. But then with Wyatt, he just went straight for the Berlin draw in the fourth game and thought Armageddon is a better shot. But is it really, I mean, you know, you, well, you have Wyatt. Why not try to push for a risk-free thing? I mean, well, it becomes the Magnus versus Kayakin thing from uh, the 2016 match. But Magnus was uh, knew he had four games. I mean, I mean, is it really too risky for Naka to play with Wyatt against... Uh, I mean, Wesley, compared to taking an Armageddon game, I don't fully grasp it, but it seems like he's right. At least he seems to believe it. Yeah, it's very unclear to me as well why playing a, like mathematically, why playing a white game where your opponent doesn't have draws is worse than playing one where, yeah. where he has draws with more time. But I think it's just a mental thing. He, yeah. He's confident there. He, he's happy to go for it. People know he's happy to go for it. No, it's a good point. You're basically bullying them, saying, okay, I, will, I mean, you know what's going to happen. I'm going to take time again and beat you. And, uh, well, you're showing that you're so confident. Maybe that's actually how, how it's done. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, no, the, my impression was the same than yours, uh, Jan. I thought Magnus won quite convincingly. I mean... Uh, I mean, everyone. I mean, everyone lost a couple of matches while he didn't. He won all of them, so you cannot really argue with that. And uh, well, um, yeah, he keeps on cruising in this on this uh, internet, his online events. I mean, last year in the Championship Tour, I think he didn't. He won all of them except one. Uh, in this pitches, he lost to to Naka. But I mean, when he loses, it's sorry, it's. Always um, very very rare. So yeah, it's impressive. Yeah, I was feeling it was it was more than once. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I know for sure because I travel I traveled with him twice and he didn't win any of them. So I mean, I'm I'm sure about that one. <laughs> okay, that's yeah. that's, uh, that's the rule of thumb. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, sorry, sorry. So he won seven out of nine or something. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, so I mean, to me, to my standard, it's winning all the all the time. Okay, but, so. Thanks for your contribution, Laurent. Magnus, Magnus got. And I did the math for the. I didn't do the math. I can't do math. But for these finals, since he hadn't lost any match, and then if we say he's let's say a sixty forty favorite against Nakamura, which I'm not sure if that's fair or not, could be more. Um, then he, Nakamura that would mean has a zero dot sixteen percent chance of winning, no? Because Magnus has a free roll in the first match and then the second match. So it felt a bit anticlimactic if Magnus just wins everything because it felt so unlikely he would he would not match. 60-40. Okay, like, like I said, I'm just ma- making up uh, making up numbers. I mean, if you if you call it whatever, 70-30, the number isn't going to improve, but even if you say 60-40, he's going to score 84%. More. I think it's more. 
I mean, for rapid games, why it would be 60-40? Well, I mentioned this Carlsen chess tour, the first one was pretty close, no? I mean, <laughs> yeah, I was very surprised actually. Um, so maybe, maybe I'm just wrong with the evaluation. Yeah, no, it reminds me of this, um, this odds people were giving before the, the Nepo Magnus match. Was it say 55-60-40? And but we thought it was more, no? I think people also always say it a bit to be respectful to the opponent and uh, he has a good score and so on. But yeah, he, he has won all these matches, not uh, not convincingly, but uh, it's not like, hmm. yeah, very hard to say. Against Kayakin, it was probably 80-20 and it came incredibly close. So yeah, I know that's true. Yeah, I mean, well, I agree fully with, with your math. Maybe it's a bit more than 60, but also, well... That could again. I mean, if we talk psychology, if you lose the first one, you might, you could lose the the next one. I mean, Magnus had bad days before, so there could be some kind of that it's not com two completely uh, sort of uh, separate events in in, in that way. Uh, but generally, of course, also I thought that he's a major favorite, and I agree with your point that it becomes a bit of an anticlimax. That it's not. I mean, Magnus was never in a situation where he could actually be knocked out, right? While uh, him winning always looked uh, very favorable, uh, in a way. Yeah, it could be very exciting too if, yeah. uh, let's say, we reverse it, or <clears throat> yeah, Magnus has to win two matches back to back to to make it there. I mean, <clears throat> I think the format in general is fine. He's uh, he's just too dominant, as Laurent pointed out. Yeah, well, let, let's reverse it. Magnus <laughs> loses the Armageddon game to um, to to Naka, right? Then he has to beat So and has to beat Naka twice. Well, he's probably an underdog to win, but then it will be pretty exciting, right? Yeah. Um, but, uh, I mean, I generally like the format, despite being some complicated. And, well, it's clear that the format favors the best player, which is Magnus. I wouldn't... Let's, let's resign. Let, let, let's tell him to resign the first match. <laughs> yeah, maybe we will try that. And then, and then, then make it... <laughs> Make it more interesting. But also, I mean, is it unfair that the system favors the best players? It's not. We, we generally uh, want the best player to win, I assume, right? So. Yeah, I guess most systems uh, favor favor the best player. Um, um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of like it with this double elimination. It's just yeah, Magnus cruises through. It feels strange if most of the action he he's not involved in because there are so all these matches in the losers division and so mm -hmm. on. But hard to blame him for that. Yeah, so it's it's shorter. I mean, in terms of, of days, so you can get the, the attention of everyone for, for... I mean, before it used to be like nine days or something with three days of qualifiers. I mean, it was way too... But one thing is shorter in terms of days. It also was shorter in terms of uh, hours per day. I mean, sometimes the yeah. matches was finished like after less than two hours, right? I mean, it used to be like four or five at, uh, sort of uh, earlier. So they Well, they changed the time control mm -hmm. from 15.10 to 15 plus three. And there's also no more... Regular regular start times, so yeah, it's all a bit little little accelerated, but I think it's fine. I learned that this fifteen plus three from you, Jan. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Last week. Anytime, anytime. <laughs> okay, we should give a shout out to Fabian Carana who won the second division. That I thought was a bit of a pity. They have the second division running at the same time, and it has amazing players like Nepomneshi, Karana, Kramnik, Dubov. I don't know who else was in there, but it's basically you could easily make it. Kichuk, Svidla? Svidla, I think, was in third division, maybe. <laughs> well, were ah, they both? Okay. I think they were both in third. <laughs> yeah, but, I, mean, I agree with you there. I mean, somehow that that's yeah. a pity, right? Because, uh, well, 
you didn't get to see it much because of the finals. Or, well, it becomes a choice, but but still. I would also say that we should remember that uh, Caruana, I mean, qualified for the knockout quite, uh, you know, safely. Then he lost somewhat unluckily to Sarana, and then he cleaned up in the, the second division. He actually had a very impressive tournament. Also, if you guys think that Karana is weak in rapid and <laughs> exactly. we should remind yeah. you that he once beat Nakamura in a rapid and blitz match. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when, when nobody expected it. No. He is and a force to be reckoned with. But, I mean, like that, he qualified for the next uh, first division, right? So, at the moment, is Are you sure? Magnus and the three US players who are qualified, right? Uh, yeah, the top three of the Division One and the winner of Division mm-hmm. Two. So Magnus, Sicaru, so and Fabio. so next time there will only be four spots up for grabs, not not six for the for the big qualifiers. Your math is impeccable. I think so. Well, also I was really impressed with you sixteen percent maths. Uh, that uh, thank, you, yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I got some help. I I, I imagined, but yeah. <laughs> Um, but that's generally great. Uh, Laurent, you're going to give it a shot next time? Qualify? If I'm available, I will, I will, ah, I will go. Sorry, yeah. I, I mean, I will go. I will play. Okay. No, last time I was traveling to Bundesliga, so that was not exactly exactly great. But yeah, why not? 10 plus 2, I like this. I'm like Kamnik, I'm feeling. You know, I don't think it's normal to, to flag. Uh, people already complained about the, um, the guy who... Um, who, who I mean, like, who advised Mr. Doji to to play to to make his tournament without increment? I think uh, this guy is here. You're welcome. Mr. Welcome. <laughs> Just call me an old and uh, gumpy uh, French guy. You actually uh, have influence on Mr. Doji. He's supposed. To, I mean, he pr- times have changed. Times he, have changed. Yeah, he, yeah. No, but <laughs> he, pr- he prides himself <laughs> on being a tournament dictator, and then he comes for you for advice. It doesn't really. Yeah, it fit. became one. Every dictator needs some some henchman to tell him what he, want, what he wants to hear. You're the hand of the king. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I'm Grimar Warmton. So why why not? Why uh, okay? Peter doesn't want to play, but Jan, you should tie as well. For Think sure, it, it's rapid. Ten minutes, ten minutes plus two. No, why I'm not? tempted to play as well. Will I, I? Am I guaranteed to qualify for the third division? No, not at all. You're not to qualify for the third division. You have to make plus one to make to, to make it to the third. I mean, you have to make plus one okay. to make it to the third division in the last tournament. Which plus one? I mean, That's not going to happen. It's not impossible. Uh, I have played the uh, World uh, Blitz twice when, when seconding Magnus. I was allowed to play the Blitz when I was traveling with him. We thought, okay, I don't really, he doesn't need help anyway. And my ambition was at some point in one of the tournaments to get to plus one, and no, I never managed. So yeah, it's tough. But you, 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 you made your bingo. I made, uh, I made bingo, my bingo yeah. instead. Yeah. That's true. yeah, but it's yeah. too difficult. Okay. I mean, okay, with Magnus. But it's not like for for those who does very badly. It's not like they go into another knockout bracket where the losers go on to no. sort of. Who is the worst player? No, they make something. They don't have this. No, people who are doing very badly are going to another bracket, which is called the rage quit. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so, you know, yeah. You ah, yeah. That's true. You just quit. Uh-huh. You just quit the tournament and that's it. No, but I promise, Laurent, I, I will play okay. one of the qualifiers at some point. Let's play the same one. Yeah, exactly. We should play yeah, the same see. one. I, I, will, I will tell you and we'll make, at least we can make a bet. You have a lifetime score? I mean, you're the one who has the best lifetime score against me. You can actually risk that. No, I'm not risking much. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. 
Speaking yeah. of availability of French players for tournaments, <laughs> um, Alireza Firuja has mentioned, he was asked on a Twitch stream, what is happening with his career in fashion, denied by the Raffresinet on last week's episode. And he said, yeah, it's a serious thing. And he's planning to split his time between fashion and chess. First of all, good for him. Pursue what makes you happy, Alireza. Um, but of course, we have a bunch of questions. He's to invite us to one of the, the next show. I don't know. I mean, uh, how does that work? He said he's been taking classes, I believe. Yeah. Fashion classes. And of course, what, what I want to know is how do fashion classes work? Maybe Peter can <laughs> fill us in. But I, I would imagine you don't start at the top, right? You don't design like sneakers immediately. You, you first have to learn like some basic stuff, you know, like knitting. I could see Alireza sitting there trying, trying to knit a nice sweater. Or well, how, do we, how can I picture fashion classes, Peter? Well, I think that you're getting completely wrong. I mean, knitting is sort of production. I assume that he's more, I mean, designing things rather than um, actually producing them. That would be my hunch, at least. But, well, it, but don't you have to know the production in order to design them? I, that I wouldn't think so. But also, I was checking a bit out. And for instance, uh, well, you could take some AI courses. I mean, now AI is do, like... You know, you have neural networks doing chess. You also have neural networks uh, creating fashions and stuff like this. So there could be many angles like this. I'm sure he's doing some... Deep search, deep search. <laughs> exactly. You know, you will put your endians <laughs> overnight. They will look at, the, you know, maybe we can make this dress or this cool shirt. And then you look at it in the morning and say, no, that didn't work or something like that. But uh, wow. Is that cheating if Ali Reza sends his, sells his sneaker drawings to, <laughs> to Balenciaga and he got help from ChatGPT? <laughs> yeah, uh, no, I... I don't think so. I mean, but uh, probably it's, it's fine. Yeah, I would guess so. I think only it's in the world of sports that you're not allowed to sort of use uh, computers or drugs or whatever. I mean, it's uh, in the other things you can, well, you can, you know, be freely creative. I think so. Um, I'm, you know, I haven't actually googled it, but I will be reasonably sure you can find some course on fashion if you're if you're that motivated. And as you said, you had a lot of free time, right? I have a lot of questions, but we should ask uh, Laurent, of course, as a connoisseur of. The the Paris uh, Paris high life. How is the <laughs> how's the fashion industry like? Um, what's Alireza doing? I have no clue. I mean, I, I just I discovered that. I mean, I'm never lying on this podcast. First of all, so that is very important. So I didn't know. Simply, I mean, like it never came into my my conversations with with him. And when uh, your friend well, Jan brings it up, you you think <laughs> I'm just making it up. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I, I will admit I'm somewhat no. puzzled that we have talked about it earlier on the podcast. I have, if that's so, I have very much missed it. But okay, that goes for most things, I guess. Yeah, no, that's that that's was, all right. It's mutual. Yeah, no, okay, you are, you have better info than me. I mean, I couldn't really. Uh, I thought it was a joke or a troll or something, but yeah, why not? I mean, you have to. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why not. I mean, if he likes it, then then. then but are you know, happy I'm, for him that he's pursuing his his dream, his passion? Or are you a little sad for for chess, French chess? But I don't think he's... I mean, he said he will do both. I mean, as we know, when you are a professional chess player, I mean, not like us, who are doing videos, working hard, co commenting on chess, uh, coaching, doing everything at the same time we have. But when I was only playing chess, it was my life was much more enjoyable. I mean, I, was, I had plenty of free time. 
So you're saying so, he will be like all these other top 10 players that work a, a second job? <laughs> you basically... You think it will be a second job? Well, what you're saying is your <laughs> life was much more enjoyable before you started working with me and Jan. <laughs> I, I, I was less busy, for sure. I mean, like, I could play my own tournaments anyway if I was working, like, four hours or six hours a day. It wouldn't change much my <laughs> I've never lied on this podcast was working four or six hours a day. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I was not, I, I, I was not working. I, I mean, when I was a professional chess player, only playing for myself, I was not, let's face it, I mean, I will tell to the, to the listeners, I was not working a lot. I mean, I was sometimes doing nothing for a week. <laughs> I mean, the life of professional chess player, I mean, it's pretty normal. You just, you just go to the tournament, especially in pre-computer era. I mean, I work when computer was not so strong. I mean, it was not that important to work in between tournaments. I mean, you could just play Blitz. So you're saying also to become world champion for Adiriza, he doesn't really have to work. No, I mean, no. It's fine with the chess and class, fashion class. I mean, look, I, you, do you think that MVL is busy working all day long? Or? Do you think MVL will be world champion? I think I, I'm sure that MVL became world number two and was 28-16. So... I think you don't need to work like 10 hours a day to be world number two. And <laughs> There you go. You heard it here, kids. <laughs> you don't have to work on your chest. <laughs> you better do. I mean, it's better, <laughs> but I don't think you need to, to work. I mean, some people are just uh, more talented than others. Well, uh, what can I... I'm just stating the obvious. But also all these uh, very talented people, they did put in their, whatever, 15,000 hours, and I'm sure yeah. so did Ali yeah. playing Blitz nonstop and of working course, exactly. nonstop. If at some point you can work less, I'm sure it's the same for Magnus, for example, that he was completely obsessed as a teenager. And now he has time to hang out with the chess bras and go drinking and then crush the Champions Chess Tour. But it's, I don't know, it can't be good for his world championship chances. But if he feels that's, uh, that's what he wants to pursue in life, I think we should congratulate him, frankly. I mean, he doesn't owe anything. I to don't think it, I mean, it's not bad for his world champions dreams if he does it... Uh for a while. I mean, also, Fischer did so. He was just out of chess for, for some years and, and came back and was the best, right? I mean, it's not... I it, would guess he looked at chess. Uh, well, I have no chess. clue, to be honest. I mean, he was... Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Well, but I, what I want to say to you is that at some point, he might have to choose between chess or fashion. I mean, well, I think we all agree that chess is not, uh, you know, the top of the ladder in, in prestige. Imagine he would be the best in fashion and the best in chess. He would actually choose fashion, right? The ceiling is higher in, in fashion than in chess, I guess, right? Or Yeah, but if you start as a number three in the world in chess mm -hmm. and as a beginner in fashion, I mean, it's chess is still... I, I get your point that someone might tell him that, well, let's calculate the arch here. Maybe, you know, it's 60-40 as we spoke of before, but still, you know... Go for the six. I, I I get your point, but just uh, I mean. So you should start, no, Jan. Now it's 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 your time. I mean, you have this uh, already. Uh, this uh, uh, very good taste for sneakers. I thank like you, thank your you. sneakers. <laughs> thank you. Except you 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 didn't like the Balenciaga uh, sneakers of uh, Aliasa, which I I really liked. So I don't follow you there, but I've uh, you have better taste than me overall. So I think you should you should start. I mean, your odds are very good to 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 go there. I, I do not disagree. Maybe maybe I can take some, some class together with Ali Reza. I'll come to Paris. We can brush up on our French together. Like <clears throat> The class are in French, probably. Eh? How did you know, by the way? This is very suspect. It's very sus, chat. It's very sus. Uh, <laughs> I mean, how did you know? How did you come up with this fashion course? I, mean, I have my, so my, my little birds. Eh? I think your little he, birds. He, he, he talks to bird? people. That helps. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, he also had some weird rumors from Weig. I didn't, uh, for instance, uh, pick up and stuff like this. I mean, he's just... Uh, yeah. I think... He has new, let's say, uh, he has new friends, yeah? Uh, for so sure. That's in this, in this the breakfast room information flows very freely after Peter left. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's true. That's true. Yeah. No. So, yeah, it's um, not... Yeah, oh, we'll just see. I, it's I a bit know. puzzling. I guess everybody expects it to, yeah, be, to go puzzling. away, right? But, uh, I mean... Yeah. Maybe it's just a business move. Maybe it's just looking to partner with a big fashion brand yeah. and then take the chess world by storm. Yeah, I mean, no, I I, I like it. It has this, uh, oh, not crazy, but sort of eccentric, uh, you know, vibes to it, right? It's, uh, you know, I mean, no, if it, if it pulls it off, he's going to be a legend, right? And so why not aim for that? So Sure. But his chest was not that impressive. Or maybe he just looked good on camera, I don't know, but... Uh, no, in the qualifier, he was, he, was, he was good, but then uh, then he lost the first two matches. I mean, <laughs> basically, he was out immediately, so it was not very, very impressive against Egezi and another another youngster. I can't remember too many too many games. Sarana, um, maybe. Maybe he lost to Sarana as well. Yeah, so was a bit puzzling, yeah. if anything, right? I mean, but yeah. yeah. That was not impressive. No, I mean, in, in the qualifiers, he seemed to have his well, decent class, and suddenly it collapsed a bit. But, uh, let's see. Okay. How old is he? He's, he's yeah. turned 19? He's born in... Um, uh, yeah, uh, he, he will, uh, yeah, of course. Uh, he's born in 2003. So over to Jan and the math department. Okay, fair enough. Mm-hmm. In June, he'll be 20. So. Yeah, okay, maybe it's time to, to make a move in a way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we all had our shit in order <laughs> with 90. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. Uh, it's just, he can still beat the, the, the record of uh, of Magnus, no? To be the youngest world champion. Every 19-year-old guy. Yeah, so that's not too bad, yeah. It's not completely unlikely. Mm-hmm. Okay. I like that he's, uh, he's mercurial. It's very, very hard to figure out what he does. But of course, for us chess fans, could be sad news, but wishing you the best. I watched every episode of Emily in Paris, as we know, and I I think it can be a great life. I didn't watch any. Uh, highly recommended. <laughs> Last time you were recommending a French series, it was a disaster. It was this. But I always recommend the crappy ones to, to annoy you. <laughs> I recommend it. Emily in Paris. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> What's the best French series? Still? Le bureau de Lejeune. Le bureau, ah, le bureau, le bureau is unbeatable. Oh, it's beatable, but tough, tough one, tough one. Baron Noir is not as good. Baron Noir, yeah, it's close. Both are very good. That's actually, I mean, French series are good. Danish series are excellent. German, not really, yeah. right? Danish series are. German humor and creativity it doesn't is. always translate to TV. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, like he does in podcasts, though. No. But yeah. Uh, no, people yeah. like this series Dark. I, I hated it. It was okay. so, <laughs> no clue. so rainy, weird. <laughs> and, yeah. Oh, but we have, we, have a, we have a movie nominated for for the Oscar, no? Wow. It's a nice war movie. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Very depressing. Uh-huh. I don't know. I forgot. What's okay. called Nothing New on the Western Front? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I think so. Speaking of sort of uh, big, big US things, I mean... Uh, the Super Bowl, no, none of us cares, right? I mean, we're talking about my boy, my boy Mahomes <laughs> on his way to becoming the goat. Okay, fair enough. Okay, so you do care, I see. 
Not really. I accidentally listened to one of my basketball podcasts and they talked about the Super Bowl. Like, <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. But no, I, I didn't watch it. I didn't see the halftime show. Nothing. No, me neither. Somehow, you know. For me, baseball is the big sport. For you, it's basketball, right? And, uh, Laurent, well, he probably cares about it. For Laurent, it's Tinder. Yeah. No, tennis. <laughs> tennis. <laughs> Laurent is a tennis guy. Yeah, I'm tennis and, and following soccer. I'm very worried, actually, we are talking. I don't know why. It will come out Wednesday. So I'm very worried for, for uh, Paris against Germans, friends from uh, Bayern, Freunde uh, from, uh, from Bayern Munich, Bayern München. I think we are screwed. We are losing one match after another. Mbappé is injured. He might come, but uh, he might come back. We're not sure. So I'm very worried for tomorrow. Uh, so right. I mean, tomorrow, yesterday. So I think we, we lost yesterday. <coughs> Back to the exciting happenings in the chess world. The Pro Chess League is returning. Magnus Carlsen and Anish Giri are teaming up for the, the chess brass team. That's exciting news. That's like we are teaming up. This is weird. Mm, exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. We, can, we can all root for the chess brass. I'll do. Yeah, oh, wow. that's, that's going way too far, actually. <laughs> no, we are not. As far as I understand, only one of them is playing the next round, right? So maybe... At least they will not play at the same time. I don't know. Maybe Anish can make a quick draw in Düsseldorf and sneak in some pro chess league. Like, I, I think that we we saw that with the European teams, right? Yeah. Maybe he's just. Also, chess bars are friendly, yeah. But yeah, yeah. no. Bench. But uh, I mean, I generally like what what chess.com is doing. I understand that it's my my boss is involved and, and stuff like this, but. Um, like with the, both the two and also the, the uh, I mean the chess league, they are really trying to make some kind of uh, traditions uh, in in a way, right? And to try to create some kind of uh, well, it reminds you of the U.S. sports system where where you know, well, it's a mixture of show, but also all the best players and stuff like this. Or oh, you think I'm I'm interpreting it wrongly? You look like I said something completely wrong for a change. No, I mean, the, the completely revamped tour format, I think, is early to call it a tradition, but it yeah. might work. Like, it's worked in, in, in eSports' double LM and so on. But. Well, they're trying to set it up, is my point. I, well, I mean, for any kind of tradition, some year has to be the first, right? But it seems that they have this idea of uh, making, you know, solid structures, having a tour, having a chess league, uh, and uh, maybe they had that for a long time. I just didn't pay attention. Yeah, Pro Chess League was around for a while, then it was on a hiatus. Now, now it's back. I don't know. Lot, lots. No, lots they are. Happening. I mean, you, you're right. They are doing things. Con I mean, they are very consistent. I mean, even this Title Tuesday. I mean, everyone knows now about Title Tuesday. You have to create the habit, like every Tuesday. You know, you have this. Okay, now there's two tournaments, but it used to be one. And they are, at least they are very consistent. I mean, every year they, they, they deliver something, and you can expect Pro Chess League and uh, Title Tuesday every. Every week, every Tuesday, of course. But I think what I also mean is both the, the tour and the chess league is something that you can basically enter. And if you're good enough, you will work your way up through the system, right? So it's not like invitational based. Yeah. It's actually, I mean, a, a fully sort of functional uh, sort of league, league system based on skills. Yeah, skills. there is a second league and so on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. true. You can qualify. But it's weird that there is no league norms, but uh, Magnus uh, traditionally played for them. I mean, before... Um, Isn't it run by before, Hammer? Like this four or five years ago, he was playing with them. I was actually, okay. I, I joined at some point. 
Und niemand, so, 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 so. Niemand war auch so der, ja, das war's. Ja, aber, also Magnus kam zurück in der Portugiesische Liga, aber nicht für die Norwegen Norms, wo ich denke, er musste spielen für like vier, fünf Jahre, ich weiß nicht. Something like that. So, yeah. It is normal that the big star changes teams. It's only like Mbappé, who is very loyal, right? I mean, you know, it's, 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 it's seen, <laughs> yes. seen before that you go. And me. Go to, and me to the French team. I'm very loyal as well. well national teams is a bit different. Not in chess. Not in chess. Right? <laughs> <laughs> How does this chess uh, league work? Uh, I mean, it's group stage and then into knockouts, or how, how is it? Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. I think that's how it works. I'm not sure if they will have a it's very grand long. final in person somewhere there some, some years ago yeah. in San Francisco. Ah. My feeling was that it was very popular some years ago and then somehow it faded away. Is it uh, just because I only care when Magnus plays or is it the right sort of feeling? Well, it was probably more popular when it happened in the years where it didn't happen. It was less, mm -hmm. less popular, but I, I don't quite recall no. No, <laughs> no. when the last year was. Like, okay. <laughs> No, but it's always it's it's always the same. I mean, there was also COVID and probably hold to, uh, tough to hold finals in person and so on, right? <laughs> yeah, but it's always a plus when Mag Magnus is playing. I mean, it's clear that uh, it gives more attraction to the tournament to every tournament. But canceling an event, online event, because of COVID sounds weird to put it mild. But uh, yeah, so but, okay. No, I mean the the big in person. Final yeah, yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. But yeah, that's that's returning. Should be cool, at least. Uh, none of you guys are playing, right? No. We should have a chicken chess club team, actually, right? I mean, just... Uh... But the problem is we're all terrible value for this team, no? We're, <laughs> we're yeah. rated uh, old and slow. That <laughs> is true. But they have the salary cap that you have to have a certain rating average, no? So we, re we really can't be on the team. Like you either need top players or underrated hungry youngsters. That for is online Wesley. It's discrimination, well, right? We should get Wesley as a captain. Yeah. That'd be amazing. What's the best chicken chess club team? Wesley, we we can see if we get Anish from the chess brass. Um, um, I'm not sure. Who else is out there? There's no women's board, right? Harika, shout out to Harika. Yeah, yeah. Ten draws, one win in the women's Grand Prix. Big fan. Um, <laughs> is there no young talents who are very chicken? Not really? Ah, there must be. There must be many out there. I have to... Check At it. some point, I thought Kamo is a chicken, but he's actually not, right? It just he is no, the opposite not. of a chicken, actually. Yeah. <laughs> it just seems nice, so that's, uh, that confuses me. It's really, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Are you basically saying that the chicken chess club is going to go extinct? There's no one who is sort of. Uh... It might have gotten tougher getting good at chess. <laughs> maybe chicken. you're right. Yeah, maybe <laughs> simply we are not uh, evolution fit in a way. Not the the end end result. I mean, Prague, uh, he could become a chicken. He's not a chicken, but he could. He has a style. Sarin, Sarin. Sain is a chicken. Sarin is maybe a little chicken, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Sain is a little, I mean, like, Sain is playing very, very, very tight. I mean, Sain is clearly, uh, of course, amazing at Blitz, but uh, in this classical, he's a bit of a chicken. Let's face it. Yeah, he doesn't have the typical chicken style where he's super theoretical and happy to force draws with black, but sometimes he's a little tight in decisive moments, it feels like. <laughs> yeah. I mean, compared to, yeah, it's true that compared to, to Gukesh and so on, who are just fighting till, till the, the very end. Um, yeah, okay. So, I don't know. We are... Let us know who we should have on the, on the chicken team. We need some underrated 2100 chickens. Anyway, we didn't cover the Women's Grand Prix yet. Congratulations to Alexandra Kostenyuk, who crushed the field as far as I could see. Um, Peter has some. That, that is a bit strong, but 
I think. She led from start to finish, at least. No, I'm not sure how. She led from start to finish, but but yesterday she was generally that lost against uh, Conero for, for quite a while. Who would have caught her then? But uh, she managed to survive that uh, in in a way. But it becomes a matter of definition. You, I mean, I cannot... No, well, that's fair. I, I cannot argue against mm-hmm. that. Um, she was leading from start to, to finish and she won the tournament. That is... Uh, well, I could try and argue against it, but I would be factually wrong. But, um, I mean, yesterday it looked like... Uh, I mean... Well, that she would be be caught, and um, well, today I think she even lost, right? Um, so, I mean, but I think she won deservedly. She was fighting incredibly hard. I think someone in the questions asked me to say something nice about her openings. Uh, well, I think it was—I don't know if it was ironic because she actually had quite a lot of bad positions, but managed to fight back incredibly well. Was my impression. But I don't know what you thought. Yeah, me neither. But congratulations to, to her. I'm not gonna explain <laughs> yeah, it to no, you. I, did, I didn't follow that closely. <laughs> you didn't follow. Yeah, okay, to, 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 to be fair. fair. I didn't follow much. I saw that excellent one, and congratulations to mm-hmm. to her. Uh, she's Parisian. This is uh, good for Paris. I mean, oh, she, she's true. living in France now. So, but she's choosing to. She will represent Switzerland in the future, right? I don't know. Okay, you really yeah. is she? Yes. You're not following Peter on Twitter? <laughs> well, I, I did follow Peter, Peter on Twitter, but yeah, okay. okay. <laughs> sure. Fair enough. Um, okay. Yeah. We'd, apparently, we haven't followed the Women's Grand Prix that much in, in, uh, in, in Munich. Oh. Someone was also saying... No, I checked again. Yeah, yeah. So, so did I, and I thought it was quite interesting. Someone was complaining that it's put at the same time at, uh, at uh, the Champions uh, Chess Tour, and somehow it... Uh, it creates a class for viewership. I don't know if that's a fair complaint. Yeah, the numbers looked, uh, I saw that screenshot too, they looked a bit extreme. But yeah, what can you do? There's always uh, always a lot of stuff happening in in the chess world. I'm not sure. Especially with new Germans event. I mean, this is crazy. When was the last? Ah, Dortmund is uh, every year, but yeah. Now we have new Greg, Germans. Uh, chess classic. Uh-huh. You think that they have been massively underrepresented towards compared to all the French tournaments? Or? Uh, no, yeah, no, that's true. But yeah, it's a bit surprising, no? Why not? I mean, no, no, it's not surprising, but it didn't happen like, when was the last time they, they organized a new tournament in Germany or in France, actually? Grand Chess Classic? Huh. Well, <laughs> I mean, Grand Chess Classic. Ah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, no. I mean, it's... No, and the yeah, other hand, I mean, okay. Germany is quite active on the, the, the chess front, is my impression, right? I mean, they organize, I mean, they also had to... Fide Grand Prix last year in, in Berlin, if I remember correctly, right? Maybe even the, the final leg. And now the, yeah. the women's here, and as you mentioned. Even candidates, yeah. There's also this uh, World Chess Armageddon thing coming to Berlin. <clears throat> this new series, now they just had this women's tournament in Munich. There's the sort of some stuff happening. But yeah, it's a big country, a lot of chess fans. We just aren't very good at it, except for Vinny. Shout out to Vinny. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> That's all you need, yeah, to make it uh, perfect. So. Yeah, that tournament starts on Thursday. I think I mentioned Nepomnesi, Giri, So, Aronian, Abdusatorov, Duda, Gukesh, Keimer, Prague, and Yesipenko. So, pretty young field, once again. <laughs> Will be interesting to see Nepomnesi warming up for the World Championship match. What's your prediction? With the, with the same type of control. Yeah, I'm of course. You think biased? I mean, you think Anish can be not winning, uh, winning a super tournament? That's hard to believe for me. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> you just think that twenty twenty three is just going to be his year? He's going to clean up all, all the stuff. Yeah, no. 
I mean, the Pomlachie is going to be holding back, trying to play himself in shape. Wesley, once he reaches plus two, he'll be happy. Levon looked peaceful in Vike. Abdus Satorov might, uh, might uh, score he, plus five. He might scare you a, scare <laughs> you a little bit, right? You, 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 <laughs> Satorov. Uh, he's there. Duda? But could be, yeah. Duda, yeah. Could, could go either way. Uh, I hope he's fine here to take a break from Vike, but maybe he was just playing too much. Cancelled that one, but now he's back in action. And I think the kids, maybe I shouldn't call them the kids, but <laughs> it's hit or miss. No, they're off to a good start. And this field is at least maybe slightly softer than Vike. It's also yeah. slightly shorter, slightly less taxing. So I find it very hard to say who's going to do well. Gukesh, Keimer, Prague, <clears throat> Yespenko, Abdesatoro. But Laurent, are you willing to take a bet with me where I get Geary and you get only one specific player? Is there someone who is a bigger favorite than Geary in this tournament? How many super tournaments won uh, Wesley and how many super tournaments won Guy? I mean, can you count? How, how does that work? I can't count. I mean, Wesley is a machine. He's a machine. What's the last super tournament Wesley won? I don't know. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I know you don't know. That's why I'm asking. <laughs> okay, well, I mean, the last tournament uh, Guy won, I mean, we all remember this is the only one and it was like a few weeks ago. Yeah. But it's only one. I mean, Wesley, it was a normal situation to see him winning in Sinkerfield Cup or in uh, US Championship or in uh, Vikanze, he won as well. Uh, he won many, many of them. Okay, I'm not going to go against Wesley to defend Anish. Wesley, you're my boy. Rooting for you. So, no, you, you think that Wesley won less... I think he won between 5 and 10. Well, he won four in a row in 2016, 2017. Um, I'm not sure if many many after that, uh, US Championships for sure. No, he's incredibly stable. He sometimes stops himself because I, I often thought he would crush through. But when he reaches plus one, plus like, two, he becomes so tight that sometimes he doesn't win. I mean, he has to some, somewhat try, right? I mean, in Wyke... I thought he had pretty good uh, chances to win if he had given it a shot. Yeah. He just uh, he obviously didn't try. I mean, it's as simple as that. Uh, but the field is very good for him. Uh, the field is very good for him. Um, now I'm, I'm looking yeah. at it. I mean, he can win many games there. So uh, I, I don't think Nepo will do well, actually. These youngsters, they listen to our podcast. They know what to do, right? I mean, Nepo, Nepo will do poorly, in my, in my opinion. Uh, he should be happy with 50%. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I think he will just be nervous about his match, and will you know just play fast. And uh, I don't think it's good for him to play be before the match. So they make uh, a time control that has to fit exactly the match, and then he just plays quickly. You think it's? Uh... I mean, it's what he did with Magnus, no? Maybe the match. Yeah, I thought he learned from that experience. Oh, of course. Uh... <laughs> so also, I mean, well, why not uh, enjoy Laurent predicting Nepom's openings? He's just gonna. Do like Dink and play the opposite? Or is he going to play the real deal? Or? Ah, in the match, I, I am pretty sure he will go for Petrov. And uh, and uh, what, he, what he was doing, I mean, like, we, we still don't know, yeah? He, against Knight F3, Knight C3, he didn't show, yeah? Maybe he goes in. Nah, he's a semi-tarash pointer, like, like everybody. <laughs> he's had quite a few games. Okay, semi-tarash, yeah? He didn't play some magazine as well. But it would also be odd to now now play the the knight or Dusseldorf <laughs> cunningly, then to return to the Petrov. I mean, <laughs> it's not like Ding's not going to look at the Petrov. He might as well play. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. But I don't think he will do well. But we basically think that uh, I mean the Petrov and Nepom they just made a deal, and he just well he basically thinks candidates uh, match candidates. Petrov is just going to last, right? Yeah, he thinks it's. Uh, 
kick. Well, he has like plus six with a Petrov. <laughs> I mean, he's just crushing. Yeah, him. it would be it would be strange, strange stuff. Yeah, he lost only one game, I think, with a Petrov against uh, Magnus, which had nothing to do with uh, with the opening actually. Ah, that I so, disagree. What ninety two hit him like a hammer? Yeah. He was much worse out of the opening. Yeah, because he played one move too fast. Well, that was the idea. No? Yeah, because he was out of book. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, okay. Well, what do you want? I mean, you, if you don't praise us for that, what do you want us to do? I mean, do we have to review the Petrov, actually? Or? Anyway, I guess people don't know. Okay, we have to buy his uh, French, yeah. French uh, recordings to, to see what he actually means. Please. Anyway. Starting, starting with Chennai. <laughs> oh, that's true. So there's a, there's a bit of a run-up there. But, uh, but basically... Ah, Yesipenko is a new guy of the somewhat youngsters compared to um, to Wyke, right? Else it's Gukesh, Kema and Prek is the, is the same. Up to Satom as well. Yeah. Yeah, the, I mean, like, uh, Yesipenko had a very good uh, start in the, the top tournaments in Wyke when he beat uh, Magnus and did a very good score. But then somehow he lost a bunch of fighting. Now I think... I don't know. I don't want to. I will be corrected by Jan, but I don't think he's twenty seven hundred um, anymore. So yeah, let's say it's a, it's a good chance for him. I will check his rating before saying something stupid. I think he's twenty six eighty or something. But. Yeah, I think he fell below, but he also had a rough stretch personally. From from what I heard, I think he's a much stronger player. <laughs> no, he gave a tough time to Magnus. I remember it was one of the highlights in the in the World Cup. Well, Magnus praised him after after that match, which was incredibly close. I mean, you didn't expect Magnus uh, to have such close match against um, such a young player. Yeah, I saw him playing in sieges there. He he was uh, struggling a bit, but we we all know how well he can play. Gonna be interesting to see him in such a super field. He had seven guys from Vike and then Nepomneshi, Duda, and Yesipenko added. No Magnus. But should still be interesting. Yeah, for sure. I have I have one more random topic, which it's very random. I'm not sure if you guys have anything off the top of your head. I want to do a list of the top 50 chess games of all time, which is, of course, highly subjective. So I got zero games so far. And I was hoping you could uh, name one or two good games. What's the first one that comes to mind? Kasparov Topalov? What's the first game people think of? Yeah, um, for me, it's uh, Kramnik Fessine. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> it was a good game, though. You should Prepared have a look. by Richie? Yeah, that was no, a good my, game. My, my, my favorite game is the 16th uh, game in the 85 match between Kapov and Kasparov. Just this full domination with the knight on this three, you remember? Uh, I mean, just, I think it's from uh, concept. I mean, there is no, like, sharp tactics or anything, but it's just this Kasparov gambit with d5. And then, you know... You just play without a pawn. You you can take it back, but you don't do it. You just play for for a dynamic play, and you just crush. He's just crushing uh, his opponent right, left, and center. Uh, Kasparov. I mean, and it's, it's also uh, a world championship game. Whereas I think the match was uh, I, I can't remember the exact score, but I guess it was close. So that game is my favorite, actually. Just brilliant. Uh, to my to my standard, this is. Uh, the way I want to play chess, but uh, well. okay, <laughs> yeah. I'll put on the list. you come, you come very close. I mean, on a daily basis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, that that just sorry. No, I mean, if I, if you would ask me how do you want to play chess, I want to. I don't want to make like the sharp tactics, or I want to like. 
to 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 I mean to outplay my opponent like this, you know? Yeah, like, that would be nice. You don't need to calculate. I mean that would be. But you need it to happen before move twenty one. So, <laughs> also, I mean, you are limiting us to human games, or can we? Can I come with a bunch of ah, correspondence? You can name slash. all your favorite uh, Fat Fritz Coivisto games. Uh-huh. <laughs> Even cor- weird correspondence games. I have a couple that I'm completely in love with. But no, I mean, I would also perhaps go to a cup of Kasparov. I mean. There was some of Karpov's win. I think one, he plays extremely well on the light squares. I mean, he plays like 24 moves in a row on the light squares, which I was quite impressed with, but maybe it's not fully up there in a way. There must also be some Magnus games, but of course... To- I mean, I took the game recent, the recent game against Naomana was a big fun. I mean, uh, so to sacrifice all these points, I checked with the computer, probably it's just, it's just equal, but... Excuse I mean, me. the concept is just brilliant. You just, uh, all, all the pieces are stuck there, it's giving all these pawns. Very beautiful game. Now, right. Nauman? So, Karpov Kasparov and Carlson Nauman. <laughs> you didn't see the game? I saw the game. Scotch. Scotch was a nice game. Yeah, it was a very nice game, no? I mean, like a concept. I mean, it's the kind of, ga- of games I like, but I don't know. Of course, Kasparov Topalov uh, comes to mind. Yeah, you. But you have a very no, absolutely you right. have a very aggressive style then, Loang, right? I mean, it's uh, I mean, it has to be bam, bam, sort of uh, sacrifices and stuff like this. You don't like, uh, or you thought the first one with knight d three perhaps was more positional in a way. Yeah. For instance, I like also well, Kasparov won a very nice side step where he played this king h two and prepared his big attack. But I mean, you know, to answer these things seriously, you'll probably have to look at the games again with modern computers, yeah. right? I don't think you have to. It can be subjective. It's also in the spirit of the times and so on. And if you say, yeah, computer says this move was wrong out of the opening. I'm not sure if it's the greatest accuracy is what yeah. makes the games great. What about what, what Vichy, Vichy mentioned uh, at maybe the opening ceremony? His his game with Aronian from Wyke? That yeah, that's a beautiful. Should sure. get on top yeah. top 50, I guess. Well, the way, the way Vichy sold it, uh, like his... His dramatic arc was that he couldn't remember his prep, but then he fortunately remembered the knight gets to d3 and he figured out how to get it there. I mean, it makes it slightly less cool, still very aesthetically yeah, pleasing. Yeah. But of course, someone had looked at this before. I, I'm pretty, I was his second at the tournament, so I'm pretty sure we, ha- we had, yeah. But so it's you. Not f- exactly, but uh, I was there at least. But it's, it's true, it's, it becomes a bit weak. We cannot, what I mean, there must be some Fisher game we think was spectacular. But, um, yeah, it's a topic. Uh, I'm not pretending to be ignorant. I, I've never really thought about it because I, I think we're all not that attracted by whatever you want to call it, beauty in chess, and are more results oriented or yeah, looking at the skills. But it's very unclear to me what what games would be on the list. Also, you can have the usual historical debate. Do you do you do you consider like uh, this famous Kasparov Portish game where he just bishop h7, bishop g7? Do you do you like such? I mean, I think it was a beautiful game, no? <laughs> Frankly, I don't know which game you mean. Me neither. It's bishop h7 and then he's going bishop g7. So next. That theme I've heard of here, yeah, bishop h7, queen h5, bishop g7, but I, I don't recall that. Particular game, I'll look it up. I think it's Kasparov Portish, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, my last game is also... Big favorite of my youth was Kasparov Kramnik, this Semislav Maron. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Beats Kasparov yeah. with that's, that's a very good game, yeah. yeah. Hmm. Many nice games out there, but I think it's uh, it's probably not a coincidence we're naming a lot of Kasparov games because uh, that's what we grew up with, yeah, the area, the era when we were young and impressionable. 
And probably that's not not the only criteria for this list. No, but also, it's strange. I thought Magnus played a lot of incredibly good games, but at the moment yeah. I struggle to just mention one that stands out in a way. He's also so good at like moving his pieces towards the king, not giving up any pawns, and then checkmating. It's flashier if you if you give give a couple pieces along the well, way. Of course, Magnus is maybe also more a sportsman. He grinds people down. He do it in a sort of sportsman manner rather than Kasparov could blow them off. You know, he starts with a a great opening and then comes logically from there. Somehow it's a bit of a different time these days. But Magnus yeah, also had a lot of great start to start to finish games. I think, I think so. yeah, it's just I mean, he had a lot of positional masterpieces. The H when we were chess fans, that we can't recall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's interesting that should we name the top fifty players? It's extremely easy. I mean, we will make some mistakes. Something will be debatable. But of course, the names comes up the games. It's much more random yeah. and difficult. Mm-hmm. Completely. Yeah. yeah, and there are some books like this Mammoth Book of the World's Greatest Chess Games, but uh, I don't think it's much of a debate that's had. Probably it's too random. And personally, I wouldn't rank this, whatever they call this, Immortal and the Evergreen game very highly. Resistance is so low and there are so many blunders, but of course, they are beautiful and uh, in the, for the times, uh, they are masterpieces. But yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. I'm thinking about it, but I know very little. So please, please tweet at Chicken Chess or whoever if, if you have some list or some thoughts about you, it. You're basically I doing really the Lawrence Trent trick, right? You're basically, what is a good game from this tournament? Yeah. Sort of. For sure, yeah. but I also don't know. No, it's <laughs> fair enough. Does Magnus, you remember this London system against Tomaszewski? I thought it was very impressive, but maybe it's not. Rook F6 at some point, just mating the guy. Uh, but yeah, that looks too easy, no? You, I mean, you just want to I mean, give you a, a nice tactic, right? That's it. Yeah. <laughs> it was a nice game. Yeah, yeah, but also, I mean, he took down Adams when he was very young in a very long, beautiful ending with two bishops. I mean, do we really rate something... Yeah. At much lower and then I mean well rogue f6 against Tomaszewski I like that game all the bishop f1s bishop g1s all, all this stuff that's beauty to me yeah exactly bishop pair move them backwards control some squares can you name one yeah. but winning game that belongs there I don't know it also goes uh, what you rank highly no but Vene Capablanca is a nice classic also showed us how to play that Rubinstein structure we have your games later showing that the structure ah. is good for black right? for white oh, sorry for, for white, white. Okay. for white okay, okay. Yeah. I was, I was Standing on the shoulders of giants. <laughs> yeah. I heard that Blitz game, but when he played on a train, was excellent. I'm not sure. No. Didn't publish. No, maybe one has to do it player by player, no? Like just <laughs> choose uh, choose all the great yeah, champions couple, or take our top 50 list there. and yeah, well. pick, pick a game or a couple of games. Well, also, that there is no, I mean, what fish, I mean, Fisher, can you actually name one game that stands out? Well, he played this immortal game against Robert Byrne. Yeah, or, maybe or, right. Called. I yeah. mean, it's a bunch of flashy tactics. It's not that complicated. Queen sacrifice. No, but I think that's. But the, that's also. I mean, game people point to, to take this as a highlight. He was very young at the time, right? I mean, yeah, yeah it's just yeah. the flashiest because they sacrifice a bunch of stuff. But <laughs> I think Pic Laurent Fresnier would find all these mistakes. The Benoni game against uh, Fish uh, against Spassky in this seventy-two match. But Spassky played so yeah. terribly at that point. Like, yeah, but it was. No, but that's insulting to both. Basically, naming this as a great game, right? It's just. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, there was no, there was no. Conti- I mean, there's no struggle there. It's basically a broken person against like someone who is. Uh, it's game six, no. I understand, but well, yes, it's so such one such a one-sided game, right? I mean, yeah. broken is perhaps not the right word. Okay, then it depends. Yeah, yeah, you have to make clear the definition of. Uh, yeah, but I think basically we we don't games. actually have uh, yeah. good suggestions present. I mean, we can come up with some random stuff, but. Uh... No, I was shocked that I couldn't even think of like ten, 
great yeah, games. Well, I mean, I've seen tens of thousands of chess games, um, but uh, I don't really, yeah, I don't really have. Well, such I think a list it's more that we can think of a lot of games, but we don't feel comfortable saying they're good because we actually don't know because we haven't really checked it or into details. We just, uh, I mean, so, random. I think also Carpo wins a very nice Grunfeld against Kasparov. Uh, well, he wins several, but I yeah. haven't checked them to be honest, so I, I don't know. No. Oh, that's a good question. Thanks for asking it. You're welcome. Please help me, Twitter. Okay, looks like we're getting to everyone's favorite segment. Peter, are you mentally prepared for five minutes? I am of feeding? as ready as I will as ever get. I think I even have. Uh, I mean, the level of preparation I have. I think uh, Lauren has never been that prepared for a full episode. So. Uh, <laughs> 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 it's probably too I think so to be honest yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even a joke <laughs> okay yeah. uh, we will right. mute ourselves yeah 3 2 1 lift off okay we start out with still on the on the bigger scale I mean Ukraine is uh, fighting a uh, against the IOC very hard at the moment. There is this basically, you could say, spin battle that Ukraine is pushing hard for getting the world to say that, well, Russia is a terrorist state that cannot be part of the next 2024 Olympics in Paris. And it's clear that IOC is fighting quite hard back. Um, just a few days ago, I think Zelensky had an online meeting with 35 countries who seems to agree with what Zelensky thinks. But, uh, well, I think that's basically the... The EU, United States, Australia, New Zealand, Japan, uh, and so on. Basically, a Western bloc that uh, seems to be on board with the Ukrainian arguments. But the IOC is fighting back in terms of they started lobbying. They're going to these countries' sports federation and telling them, well, you know, we shouldn't mix sports and politics. And this basically becomes this, I think, interesting fight that, um, well, politicians have opinions about the Olympics. So you can say that is mixing sports and politics. But it's also... From the sports federations um, like IOC, they make deals with politicians like, uh, well, put in the obvious example, but also we saw uh, FIFA somewhere else. And uh, so who is actually is politicizing? But there's a big fight between Ukraine and IOC at the moment. It's interesting how it's going to end. But of course, well, that's a, a big and important fight. Uh, in the feeder world, okay, I keep mentioning the, the Nike short traveling. He's been to Cap Word and to, he's going to Senegal soon to play Simmels. I think a reasonable question would be, what is the actual problem with what Nigel is doing? Isn't it just great that we are spreading chess to the, the world? And generally, I agree so. But we should also remember that during Campomanus' reigns, we were very critical. We were saying that, well, basically, he travels the world, he travels to the small chess federations, not small in terms of countries, but small in terms of chess activities. And due to this one country, one world, well, by, you know, starting Proptic there, being the face of this Proptic, the, the current regime, it's a hu humongous strategic adv advantage to any kind of uh, challenges in, in, in future uh, elections that we have seen in FIFA. I can mention this FIFA movie once again, but in, in many federations. And, uh, well, that's kind of the problems that when we're in opposition, we say, okay, this is actually campaign stuff, while when we're in power, we think we're just developing chess. Um, then we mentioned uh, Kostenjuk winning the Grand Prix in Munich. Um, she would really like to represent Switzerland, but uh, she can't at the moment. She's actually sort of uh, been very critical of Russia, both uh, the Russian, uh, well, regime, the, the, the war and stuff like this. And, uh, well, she would like to play for Switzerland. 
she can't do it before 2025, or she can, but then she has to pay 10,000 euros to Russia, the Russian Chess Federation, and 5,000 euros extra to FIDE. And, um, well, people are saying, aren't we just following the regulations when we enforce that? But I think these regulations are made for people who make sporting changes. You know, they want, well, for instance, like Rapport, he moves from uh, Hungary to Romania. Then it's perhaps reasonable that the, the uh, Hungarian uh, Chess Federation is compensated for their loss. Here is someone who wants to run away from a country that's, uh, you know, uh, waging a war against a neighboring country. Are we actually enforcing that she has to pay 15,000 euros? Apparently we are, but I think really we shouldn't be. Uh, I could mention that uh, today a lot of talks is uh, in Moldova that they are afraid of a, a Russian-backed coup. Uh, again, I will mention the FIDE Sonal president, Igor, Dod- Igor Dodon, is heavily involved in the sort of pro-Russian movement in, in Moldova, but um, let's leave it at that. Then we spoke about the tournament happening in in Germany, uh, it's called the uh, We Are Masters. We Are is Vadim Rosenstein. Um, he has his company in, in Düsseldorf, but it's been incredibly linked to, to Russia. Um, it's difficult to come up with all the connections because they have deleted all their Facebook books, book posts from, from the last couple of years. Uh, also, their web page has been completely changed. It's hard to find them. Even you go to things like Wayback Machines, uh, things seem to be deleted. Um, the logo was sort of, uh, the, the, yeah, what do you call it? The theme was, you know, logistics to Russia. Um, and uh, I think just a few days before uh, the full-scale innovation started, they were launching a new joint project with Gazprom in Moscow and, and things like this. Martin Rosenstein was also representing Russia, Cheswhite, not um, Germany at, at that time. And also in May, Months after the full-scale innovation had started, he was playing a chess tournament together with Kayakin in Moscow. So there's been a lot of talks about, I mean, it's, you know, at least semi-Russian money through the back door like this. But um, uh, anyway, and I think the last thing is, yeah, that on the 24th of February, so the one-year jubilee of the full-scale innovation, there's going to be a debate in, in Berlin. The idea was to have someone who is critical of uh, Russia in, in chess and someone who is uh, more positive, like uh, Fide. But uh, like, a bit like on this chess podcast, it's difficult to get some kind of dialogue going. So it's probably going to be me and some others uh, sh- shouting there. It's going to be me, Malcolm Payne, and uh, Bayat, who will be part of the panel so far. But um, And we are all very critical of Russia, obviously. So we hope that, please, someone for Fide, you should show up. Let's have the, the dialogue. It's a a good chance to to do that. But uh, let's see. At least you can argue that the Chicken Chess podcast is setting a trend once again and having people stay away from from this debate. And I've probably used all my time, so let's see if uh, these guys will... More than your time. We generously gave you six minutes. Thank you so much, Peter. I appreciate it. Laurent, do you you want your own corner? (laughs) Yeah. No, 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 I'm good, I'm good. Ah, (laughs) really? (laughs) I'm good, thank you. No, I don't. I don't have any corner. I mean, come on, you you are trying to to corner me, but uh, I don't. I don't do that. No, I'm fighting back. It's it's different. But okay, fair enough. Okay. So, well, is that it, or do we have something? You know, let's wrap up with one listener question. Oh. We're down to one listener, but he has questions, or he has one <laughs> yeah, question. <laughs> what career? Javier Krohn is asking. What career? You think the top ten? So say a random number. GMs would have chosen if they wouldn't have chosen chess. 
Well, both Magnus and Alireza we know I have are into <laughs> modeling. Magnus, three star model, and the older listeners might recall that campaign with Liv Tyler. Yeah, but that is the other way around. Yeah. That's what's because he was a chess player. You think he would if he wouldn't have been a chess player at all, he would be a model? I don't know. I think he's probably too competitive. I'm not yeah. sure if he could. Not saying the world of male models is not very competitive. I've watched Zoolander. But no, yeah, I think of him as a as a sportsman. I mean, it could yeah. have been chess, could have been some other sport, but he would have come through like he has that that mindset. It's it's actually very difficult to imagine some of the top ten guys in some, uh, you know, uh, normal uh, normal jobs. You know, like MVL. I think okay, he's not top ten anymore, but uh, he's a mathematician. He basically he, yeah, he would do yeah exactly. He would do some IT or I don't yeah. know something something similar. Or, uh, gear you could imagine. I mean, like being in an office, you know, doing some. Uh, Paperwork. <laughs> As an accountant, some, making sure the, the zero stand in the end. Yeah. <laughs> some uh, working in the bank, or lawyer, or something. Something. No, that like was that. also my dream before I discovered chess. So nothing wrong with that. Nakamura could be good at streaming, maybe. Yeah, but it's it's also. I mean, we are not taking it seriously. We basically think that. Uh, I mean, <laughs> there's no. I mean, would any in top ten have a real job? You think? I mean, could you? For sure. Vichy was doing some kind of education in business, right? Before he somehow became too good at chess, I think. But now he came back to business, no? Well, <laughs> a lot of people started started careers or started studying something or even finished studies. But that's not, not too unusual, but I'm not sure if... Well, even we never pursued any, any careers. No, this chess is it's tricky. <laughs> yeah, but that's also a bit of bias because many sort of uh, dropped out. I mean, some point I thought, okay, I looked at these who tried to become chess professional, but did something else in Denmark. And, and quite some of them was, was very successful. So, But um, no. Are we really unable to suggest any kind, anything normal for anyone in top 10? We've just suggested a bunch of things. Let's, let's go through the list. Magnus, professional football player. Jan Nepomnyshi. What would he be doing? Well, he, How about he's a gamer. He's a ga- gamer, like I thought. A, he's a gamer, yeah. A gamer, yeah. A Dota streamer. <laughs> Good luck with Ding. Ding Liren. What would Ding be up to? Ding seems very, very down to earth, very smart guy. He won the cooking competition in Norway, but I, I mean, I don't see him as I a chef. I don't see Ding chef. as a cook. No, no, no. I don't know. I don't know Ding well enough to know who he's into. Oh, <laughs> but he's very, he's always doing his duty. And such. He could be a, you know, loyal. loyal. Oh, he'd be a great, great employee. Yeah, yeah, anything. I think so. Sure. If he would, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he will not be at the absolute top, perhaps, but he will be very, very good and reliable, I think. Yeah, number two. Yeah. Anis? Anis, oh, that we know. Yeah, that we know. Anis, well. He's a... Uh, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Anish we've covered. Hikaru, we've covered. Fabi? Fabi's a chess player. Podcaster. Shout out to the much more successful <laughs> C-Square podcast. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's so hard to say. He's also just a smart, well-mannered guy who would be successful at everything. I believe. Yeah, that's also my point. I thought at some point I thought, okay, Magnus is actually pretty smart. He could probably be more successful in other areas as well. It probably goes for most of them. Right? They simply specialize so quickly and are good at it that it's hard to imagine. Na- uh, sorry, Fabiano has no education, right? I think he went into chess at a very, yeah, yeah. very early age. Um. 
Wesley, Wesley probably finished studies in, in some field. No, wasn't he? He was at this university for a long time. But I don't know what his field was, to be honest. Yeah. Could be a diplomat, huh? For Could sure. Negotiate with people, you know. Wesley would be a great diplomat. Clever. So friendly, well-spoken. Yeah. Mild-mannered. Yeah. I would like that. Vichy basically is a diplomat. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Business guy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he would... Uh... I mean, he was doing, yeah, he would. So, and the next one, are we actually going to finish on that one? Number no. 10 in the world, we're not covering. Um, we, we can go to Grishuk, number 12, is, professional poker player. Is that really, is that a real <laughs> job? It is, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so it pays the bills for some people. Yeah, yeah. Most of this from others. Yeah, At least in the old days. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the professional implies you're making money. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that is it. Speaking of professional, we have this new brilliant scheme to become very rich with the Chicken Chess Club podcast. <laughs> our, our expert producer and mastermind behind the scenes has set up a Patreon page, patreon.com Chicken Chess Club. I think the deal is you give us money and you get nothing in return, but you can express wishes. Is, is that, do I understand that correctly? I think ba basically they can move money from their pocket to ours. That's basically how it works. Yeah. And they they get exactly the same as they always did. They just pay for Yeah, but it's like subbing, subbing on Twitch. I mean, it's exactly the same concept. You don't get more, but you get this to continue, first of all. They have to pay to sub? Yeah, for okay. sure. <laughs> I have no, no clue. <laughs> okay. No, we'll, we'll work on making this Patreon mm? worth, worth your while. Um, <laughs> yeah, we are all great, great salespeople and business but basically. But uh, stay tuned, stay tuned for exciting chicken chapter. Thanks, and uh, right. good luck uh, in uh, Dusseldorf. Thanks, I know you mean yep. it. Yeah, <laughs> sincere. See you next week. Bye. Bye.